Welcome to the Micromobility Update from August 9th, 2022. I'm Hans Dorsch. Today it's twice about e-bikes and once, unfortunately, not. It's about a surprisingly small and quiet e-bike motor. It's about the design trends from the Eurobike. And it's about the US government's climate package, which comes without e-bike subsidies. This is what happened today and yesterday in the world of micromobility. Before we start, if you like this podcast, recommend it and give it five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. First, let's take a look and listen at a couple of e-bike motors. Let's ride some different e-bikes and learn more about the noises that come out of them. Right now, we're riding alongside a high-powered, big-battery electric mountain bike. Now, we're listening to a popular light-assist EMTB. Less assist doesn't always mean less noise. Now, we're listening to the Fuel EXE, but there's not much to hear there. The last one, the silent one, is the new HPR50 mid-mount motor in the new Trek Fuel EXE mountain bike. It was quite a surprise when TQ Systems from Seefeld near Munich presented their super small mid-mounted motor shortly before Eurobike. I mean, the motor they were previously known for was rather large and above all quite powerful. Google High Bike Flyon if you want to know more about it. For the launch of the new motor, they have again found a big manufacturer to put it into a mountain bike. It's called Trek. And at EMBN, the presenter Steve Jones wonders... Will this style of bike become the everyday MTB of the future? I'm still on team. I'm still on team analog here, mainly because of the weight and also because of the noise. A screaming Bosch motor is just annoying, even if it is cool to be pulled up the mountain. But the new track bike with 18 kilos of weight and barely perceptible motor noise. I found that quite intriguing. Check out the video from EMBN. James rides his bike in Wales. It's really a great landscape there. You're allowed to cycle almost everywhere, but you have to climb over stiles quite often. These are small ladders over fenced off cow or sheep meadows. You can get over them quite easily by foot, but you have to lift the bike over the gate next to it. He also climbs up a mountain path that even the strongest e-bike motor wouldn't manage to bring you up. So he has to shoulder the bike, like with a classic bio or analog bike. And this just works better with a light bike. But back to sound. With TQ and Trek, people didn't just try to make the electric motor quieter. They paid attention to the frequencies and adjusted the motor so that it sounds pleasant. They talk about tonality. I quite like the term tone color. And they have chosen a color that 
blurs with the background noise in nature. I've put another video from Track in the show notes explaining this. And I put another one in there from Fazua, the makers of another great little motor, because they also tune their engines extensively. By the way, the Fazua motor also came away very well in the comparison of e-mountain bike magazine. It has more power, but becomes clearly louder than the TQ when the load increases. When freewheeling though, both are on a par. All you hear is the humming of your freewheel. I want to test a bike like that, definitely. Okay, that's the future of the drive. Now for the design. Bike Europe sent bicycle designer Peter Wanderwehr around Eurobike to look for new trends. Now he has summed up his impressions in an article. You can read it online. You have to register to do so, but if you do, the first three articles are free. So, here we go. He has identified fat bikes as the first trend. However, he doesn't mean the classic mountain bikes for snow, but models from rough cycles, for example, with names like Lil Buddy and Lil Missy. I'd rather call them California dirt bikes. But what he noticed is that many of them also have a passenger seat and the engine makes up for the lack of ergonomics. He writes, I took various fat bikes to the extensive track at Eurobike. Thanks to the strong electric support, it's often still relaxing to ride them despite the less ergonomic styling. The second trend he identified is long tail bikes. In other words, Bikes with a long rear end and a luggage rack and often with small wheels. I quote again. Turn developed this concept which provides a lot of space at the rear to carry luggage. A tour on the fairground quickly showed that today almost every bicycle brand seemed to have a long tail on offer. End quote. As a third trend he found children's transport bikes. These are already quite mainstream But he saw a few new ideas from startups, for example a rather classic long john but made of wood and one four-wheeled bike not made of wood. Then he stopped by the Egos stand, which I missed. There was the material bike, which is made of almost 100% recyclable or recycled plastic and therefore looks quite different from a classic bike. It is a bit similar, but the tubes, as you might call them, are much thicker and more organically shaped. The fork is particularly striking. It looks oversized and odd. But if you look at it more closely, you know that this is probably the only way to achieve a stable construction with this material. We have already talked about generative design and topology optimization in the Faradio podcast. You'll find the link in the show notes. We talk about how CAD programs can automatically calculate structures that meet predefined requirements and by this means serve as a basis for the design. I can quite well imagine designers working with such tools on that bike. Finally, he test drove the pot bike from Frika in Norway and found that there's still a lot to be done. I quote, 
a test round on the pod bike Flicka makes clear the system still needs improvement. The bike still makes too much noise and that is very disturbing. Personally, I think the seating position is too low. It's difficult to get in and out of the car. But above all, I expect that riders will feel unsafe in traffic because the seating position is much lower than in a car on a regular bicycle. The interesting thing is that the founder developed the pod bike because he felt unsafe on a regular bike. But maybe that's different in Norway. Peter van der Wehr should have looked at the Hopper, the little pedal car from Augsburg in Germany, does pretty much everything better because it's not based on the recumbent bike, but rather on the car. It even has a steering wheel. There is good news and bad news at the same time from the USA and they both have to do with a big success of the Biden administration. With 50 votes against and 50 votes in favor, plus a decisive vote by Kamala Harris, the vice president, the US Senate has passed a new legislative package. It's called the Inflation Reduction Act and costs a total of 433 billion US dollars. This includes $65 billion for extending the Affordable Care Act and $370 billion for the largest climate protection package in the USA today. It will be financed, among other things, by imposing a 15% minimum tax on corporations, by tougher tax collection measures and a reform of drug prices. The New York Times writes, and I quote, Altogether, the bill could allow the United States to cut greenhouse gas emissions about 40% below 2005 levels by the end of the decade, end quote. This is not too bad overall, but unfortunately, compared to the original and with $2.2 trillion also bigger plan, some pretty smart and important measures have been cut. While electric cars up to $80,000 are subsidized, with up to $7,500 in tax breaks, there's nothing for bicycles, e-bikes and other vehicles that are not the classic car. Nada. Nichts in German. The original Build Back Better plan included subsidies for e-bikes, slate rights, seeking to boost e-bike adoption, Democratic Representative Earl Blumenauer of Oregon and Jimmy Panetta of California introduced the E-Bike Act in February 2021 to establish a new federal tax credit for e-bike or e-cargo bike purchases. That proposal was rolled into the Build Back Better Act with an e-bike credit of up to $900. It's a shame it didn't make the cut for the Manchin-approved reincarnation of the bill. End quote. According to Slate, many environmental organizations and congressional Democrats seem to lack an understanding that there are alternatives to the car. I quote the Slate again, Congressional Democrats cannot imagine a world in which fewer people drive cars. End quote. There are a few requirements. The cars have to be made in the USA and a certain percentage of the raw materials used have to come from the USA. But cars, and especially big cars, 
require much more raw materials than e-bikes. For Slate, this is clear, I quote, when you consider that the Hammer EV's 2,923-pound battery weighs as much as 380 red power e-bike batteries, end quote. And there are, after all, more advantages. Again, Slate, Beyond the emission benefits, a shift from driving to e-biking also improves public health. Even with a battery, riders must pedal and helps reduce traffic deaths, which have been surging in the United States. It's hard to think of a mobility innovation whose benefits are so myriad. End quote. I see. And public transport gets nothing either. At Politico... Jona Freemark of the Urban Institute in Washington says, quote, It's so blatant that you get tax credits for buying an electric vehicle, but there's zero dollars for buying an electric bike, zero dollars for riding public transit. It's subsidizing car ownership more than any other mode of transportation by far. On Twitter he goes on, It's nice to see the US taking action on climate change, It's a huge deal to finally have a bill. But when it comes to transport, this bill is one-dimensional and unlikely to be transformative. It will not do much to contribute to producing vibrant green cities we need. End quote. Now it's up to the individual states, he writes, and I don't know whether that's supposed to be hopeful or depressing. It's going to be up to state and local governments to transform the auto-dependence of their communities. Washington won't be the leader. This bill may nevertheless be the best compromise environmentalists are going to get in the US this year or any year in the coming decade. So with the first two stories I just told you, I found two jobs at Bitchy Talent. It doesn't say the exact company, but at least with the first one I can already imagine which manufacturer it is. The job is in Spain and they are looking for a head of R&D e-bike drive. The short description reads, For our client, a well-known and highly innovative manufacturer of e-bike motors, Used by the world's leading bicycle brands, we are looking for a head of R&D, male, female, diverse. So I'm pretty sure the company name starts with M and ends with Ale. The second job, I'm not that sure. I read the description. Senior industrial designer bikes, male, female, diverse. Our client is one of the largest and most successful bicycle manufacturers worldwide. To further expand, we are looking for a senior industrial designer. The position is located in the Netherlands. Remote options apply. However, residents must be in the Netherlands. My tip here, this manufacturer might be named after an animal. Anyway, apply for a job. The people from the Bitchy team would like to have your CV and a bit more. Let me quote. So that we can get to know you better, feel free to add a creative message, e.g. via a short video. 
So that's it for today. We'll hear again in the next episode. And once again, as a reminder, like and subscribe. Give the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you haven't already, subscribe so that the next episode automatically lands in your inbox.